Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. In today's episode, we're, we're going to talk about an area of stress, uh, situational anxiety. Uh, I'm sure all of us at some point in our lives have experienced this, and Dr. Rhoda has some awesome tips and uh, tricks in that area. When was the last time you were chased by a wild animal? <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't recently. Uh, but have you been stressed recently? So we're going to talk a little bit today about stress, about our response to stress, what leads to anxiousness. And there's a difference between chronic stress and situational stress. There's a difference between chronic anxiousness and situational anxiousness. So situational anxiousness and stress is absolutely normal. It's a part of our everyday life, everyday being. It's impossible to avoid. When it becomes chronic, when you go to sleep stressed or anxious, you wake up stressed or anxious, it's impacting your ability to perform and function, then it's become chronic and it's, it's switched into something different. And that's not so much what we're talking about today. We're talking about situational, okay? So how can we handle it? How can we help our young people handle it? Our stress system is literally designed to keep us alive. When a wild animal is chasing us, we tell ourselves, so our brain kicks in, and we tell ourselves we're in danger and we run. When we survive this, we go back and we tell our story and we celebrate with our friends and family that we're still alive, right? Have you ever had a, you, you maybe came very close to being in a car accident or you were in a car accident, something that could be very, very dangerous. And when you're done, you tell people about it and you're like grateful and you celebrate that you're still alive, everything turned out okay. That's how the stress cycle is supposed to run. Much of our stress today does not involve life and death situations, and we often don't complete this cycle of stress. For instance, when we're stressed from driving home during traffic hour, or stressed from raising teenagers, or going through a challenge at work, we don't necessarily complete this full stress cycle. So our body doesn't know how to manage the stress and move on. So when stress occurs, we have a natural four-step process. The four-step process goes like this. Number one, there's a stressor. Number two, there's what we tell ourselves about the stressor. Number three, there's our reaction to it, how we react to that. And then number four, then we either do or we don't celebrate that we survived. One of the reasons, let me just back, walk back through that again. So there's the stressor. Lots of things in life can be stressors. They don't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Like your alarm clock goes off, you feel a sense of stress, a, a surge of adrenaline, you get out of bed. That's not a bad thing. That doesn't have to be stressful, even though it can be a stressor. You get into a disagreement with a loved one. That can be stressful. It's a stressor, but it doesn't have to create a whole bunch of stress. It's, it, it's based on what you tell yourself about it, which is step two. Do you tell yourself that this is okay? This is not life and death. It's going to be all right. Nobody's going to die over this. Let's, let's figure out how to deal with it. That keeps it from going into the high stress category. And then there's your reaction, how you react to it, and then there's the celebration. So one of the reasons exercise and movement is so important in stress reduction is that movement is originally associated with stress. When your life is in danger, you move. You step up off a curb and there's a semi coming, you move really quickly, right? But now when we're in danger, we oftentimes sit, or we, when we're stressed, I should say, when we're not in danger, but we're stressed, we often sit, we clench up our muscles, we sit at our desk, uh, one of the best things that we could do is actually go out and move, but oftentimes we just end up sitting, getting more and more stressed. We clench our jaw, we tighten our shoulders. This makes us feel more stressed, and we just emit more stress chemicals into our body. You know, it's really interesting. It's such a timely topic for so many reasons. Um, considering 
what our society is experiencing right now with many things in flux really good advisement in how we perceive those things and how we react to those things yeah and in additionally on a on an individual note you know you're talking here hey you're sitting at work you're looking at a screen and I have a tendency to do that mm -hmm. uh, to, to become stressed and to tighten up and just the simple aspect of getting up and walking around and, and reflecting on it really really valuable stuff for for really anybody absolutely take a few minutes and roll your neck around roll your shoulders around stand up touch your toes a few times take a lap around I the don't know office if I can building. touch my toes that's asking a lot Dr. Rhoda <laughs> just get some moving going to help relieve some of that stress that's part of the stress cycle now let's think about this with anxiousness do you have a child that struggles with test anxiety or do you know someone who's terrified of public speaking basically these are stressors but then what do we tell ourselves about it this is what's so important here this is stress over what the outcome of the test or the speaking event may be. We're stressing in advance, but the thing is, when we do this, it actually shuts down our, our ability to perform well. We've talked about this before, right? The part of our brain where thinking, focus, and much of our personality reside is in our prefrontal cortex. That's the area right behind our forehead. When we're feeling stressed or anxious, this part of the brain is actually not working. It's bypassed when our body is in stress mode. So we need to stay calm. What we tell ourselves is important. Nobody's living or dying based upon this stress that I'm, uh, this speech that I'm giving. Nobody's living or dying based upon this test that I'm taking. This is just one way that the instructor's going to assess me, how I'm doing. I've studied, I've prepared well, and now I'm going to give you a few tips for what we can do to help when we're feeling that kind of anxiousness. But basically, one of the keys is what do we tell ourselves? The three important things that you can do to manage this and also, very importantly, to teach your children how to manage this type of stress. Number one, what we tell ourselves is very important. Is this a life and death situation? All stress is not bad for us. Stress and a sense of anxiousness can help us hit our peak performance. Uh, I've been watching the Olympics nonstop lately, right? There's some stress when they're getting ready to go out there and perform. There's adrenaline coursing through their body. It helps them reach their peak performance. This is a good thing. It's how we're designed. Adrenaline is the thing that can get us out of bed in the morning. It's the thing that can help us meet an important deadline. These are beautiful, wonderful things. And just because there's a stressor does not mean that we need to feel frazzled or in danger. Your child's wedding can be a big stressor, but it does not need to stress you out depending on what you tell yourself about it. I, I think it's really important that you, you realize that we don't always have a negative connotation with stress. Stress is by design to yeah, help us. A blessing, a good thing, mm -hmm. right? And wh by what you tell yourself, you can calm your amygdala down. And when you calm your amygdala down, we, or you're not in that fight or flight mode, you can calm it down. And then your prefrontal cortex can work. You can do your best work. You can go write the test. You can go give the speech. And you can show up in your full full ability um, because your prefrontal cortex is working in a, in a positive way. Number two, moving. Moving helps you process those stress chemicals that rush through your, your body. You want to, if you're getting ready to go for a test and you have some test anxiety, you know, power walk on the way there, climb a flight of stairs, do some jumping jacks, um, go for a walk. You almost want to like get breathing, almost like a little bit of um, out of breath. And when you're doing that, it helps level out 
the stress chemicals that are that are coursing through your body. This will help calm your amygdala, will help you perform better on the exam. Number three, breathing. And I think that's one of the things that naturally goes along with moving and why moving is so good. It gets us breathing. But if you can't be moving, if you can't get out and move around, sit and take some deep breaths. And here's a key, breathe out longer than you breathe in. What this does is it triggers your parasympathetic system. Your parasympathetic system is this vagus part of this vagus nerve that it's the longest nerve in your body runs from your brainstem down through your digestive system and impacts almost every single organ. And when you take a breath, deep breath in, hold it and then breathe out longer than you breathe in, it actually helps stimulate that vagus nerve, which is one of the best, quickest ways to regulate your parasympathetic system. And that's what's responsible for rest and digestion. So if you're feeling really stressed and you're trying to get to sleep and you just can't, here again, this type of breathing can help. So when you feel situational stress, when you feel situational anxiety, remember what you tell yourself is super important. If possible, try to move. And number three, make sure you're taking some deep breaths. We will have things in life that cause us tension, but they don't have to move us to a place of stress based on what we tell ourselves. However, when we do feel stressed, make sure that we work through that cycle. Get moving, breathe, celebrate, be grateful that you survived that stressful situation. Celebrate that you were able to take the test and, and do your best work. So, And then by doing that, it also helps reinforce that you know how to handle stress. That's wonderful because this side of heaven, we're going to have it. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key, key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, reflect on a time that you were under stress. And we ask you to do this because we're going to ask you to apply the next three steps to that situation. Number two, think about that situation and think, what can I tell myself about it? Was it really a life or death situation or not? Number three, when you think about that situation, then think how you could respond. Uh, Dr. Rhoda had some, some great encouragement to get up, get moving ar around. Uh, the process helps you uh, to get the stress out of your system. Uh, number four, Think back again to that situation where you were stressed and take to heart different breathing activities. And as Dr. Rhoda said, breathing out longer than in is the key. And number five, share your story. We're all going through different situational stresses. Share your story, share these steps, and share the result of these steps. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.